Hello, and welcome to Instant Friends. I am your host, Kendra Jones, and today with me is uh, a guy that uh, I don't know very well, but some people have told me he's pretty cool. Um, give it up for Mr. J.C. Penny. Oh, that was my uh, favorite store growing up. It wasn't my favorite, but that's where I did all my Easter shopping. Yeah, well. Um, it was the classiest store. Formerly known as Jordan Jones. Yes. Is here in the, the hot seat. That's today. right. We did a little role reversal. Yeah. And I told you this last week after our last week's episode, because if you listen to the podcast consistently, which I don't know how many people are, three people. Um, yeah, whatever the, the numbers are. But like um, you'll hear that I fuck up the intro sometimes or I don't add the. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't. I, I go, you know, where we introduce people in and around Orlando um, and uh, show you Florida isn't so bad after all. Sometimes I forget the Florida isn't so bad after all. You forgot the whole thing. First it's, day on the job. You know, it's a learning curve. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta work with me here. That's all right. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, you're going to interview me, and uh, we're drinking Corona Seltzers because Cinco, Cinco de, Mayo. de Mayo. It's the fifth. It's the fifth. When you listen to this, it'll be next Monday, whatever yeah. date that well, is. Right now, it's the fifth. Right now, it's the fifth. And yeah. we're celebrating with Coronas. So Coronas. Cheers. And then tacos afterwards. But yeah, they're not really real Coronas or Seltzers. So, yeah. Which is not bad. They're all right. They're Seltzer. Yeah. yeah they're, um, I think they're all made by the same company, and they just have the same flavor there's no, nothing different yeah they just have different names mm-hmm. and different percentages that this one's only 4.5 yeah so. i drank an eight percent one last night got me real loose <laughs> at 1 a.m yeah um yeah all right well <laughs> where to begin um so we kind of talked about it on the way over here but firstly just want to give like my first impression of jordan jones um when we met at or when I first noticed you at what fifteen ish? Yeah, I think so. I noticed you at a basketball game mm-hmm. with my friend that went to school with you, mm-hmm. and I just thought you were like super cute. You were so tall and like slender. <laughs> you were like that's that's a, that's such a big uh, thing in in uh, Arkansas is the tall. You're tall, yeah. Like I mean, anybody over like like five ten is a monster. Yeah, and you're what six two? Yeah, but any, but like I go back to Arkansas and my family always because no one else is tall. Yeah, always says, "Are you still growing?" Because there's never around anybody tall, which is yeah. Weird. I think your your mom hits maybe your shoulders. Yeah, my grandma hits like my waist. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but six two is not even tall. That's tall. Uh, it's decent. Yeah. Anyway, and you were you called me slender. You were because yeah, you were funny. you were a base uh, basketball player and you, you were very good. Remember uh, that? That was decent. Yeah. I wouldn't call myself very good. Well, well, I didn't know a lot about basketball, so. Yeah. But like, but what was your like actual perception of my uh, personality? Like, what'd you hear? Like, or our first? How about our first interaction together? Well, let, well, let me answer your first question first, because yeah. like I said, my friend, she was a couple years older than you, um, in the high school, and she cautioned me so hard. She was like, "You don't want to get into that. He's like a player. He's a ladies' man. Like, he's, yeah." Yeah, so it was all like but I still got you. caution yeah. um, from everyone that I talked to about you. They were all like, you sh- you don't, you know, you need better or whatever. I was, I was a very like, bad person. He's so cute. <laughs> in, in high school years, it was very bad. Yeah. Oh, across elaborate? the board. What? <laughs> you want to elaborate? Oh, I mean, just the, I mean, I don't know how far you want to go back, but like, <laughs> um, I mean, my high school high school days, I was... Started off just like uh, camping and st- or like, you know, camping, hanging out with friends and like, you know, before I turned 16. And then once I turned 16, maybe even into 15, like drinking my first beers with my uh, cousin and drinking like 100. Well, I'd always, I guess I should preface, I'd, I'd always hung out with older people. Mm-hmm. When I was 13, 14, I still had friends my age, but like I also like I had cousins or like I had people that I played basketball with or whatever they were like several years older than me so i was just around like weed and alcohol and all that kind of stuff at an early age so but then also once i started getting high and drunk and shit i was like i like this <laughs> i was like i like this a lot yeah. and then so then then i went through a phase where i was like taking all kinds of crazy pills and like drinking and like i mean it was the life of the party I had a bunch of weird st- yeah. like i did but i was also what was great is kind of like uh elaborate to who i am now is like and so much um like I, you know, like I was that person that like you said that was playing basketball, 
the slender man and like i was a slender and like uh <laughs> the murderer. you're not the murderer yeah the murderer but uh <laughs> but i was like slender and like i'd like have swoop across uh justin uh bieber bangs all that good stuff so luxurious yeah they were like layered and highlighted and all that Polos good stuff but, with long sleeves underneath yeah but I, yeah i had that but then i also would like you know was really into like you know hip-hop and stuff like that but then also I was also a weirdo. Like I like blend. I blended like thirty different things at once, which I still do. I think, but like, no one would have perceived me to listen to like death metal music, and like, um, which which you know mm-hmm. that, and then also like little things. Like when I was sixteen, I found a ceramic head that was that was of a clown. I found it at a thrift store, mm-hmm. and like, and it had, yeah, and it had a yeah. hole. It had a hole in the top of it. I don't even know what it's for. I think it was like a like for like a vase or something. But it was like some sort of clay clay like mold that would fit in the palm of your hand where that was like it was a weird clown's face and I painted it and I would just carry it around to parties. Was that your first time painting? No, maybe I used to draw a lot for as a fun. kid. But yeah, maybe like I don't know, I really I kind of got into ceramics a little bit, you know, as a teenager but nothing crazy but anyways, I carry around to parties and we'd like like uh flick like um blunt ash into it mm-hmm. <laughs> and like cigarette ash and like all kind of stuff. And I was like, my goal was to fill it up and I would just get fucking wasted. And like, I would, like I would talk to it and like, it would have a personality Ooh. at the parties and stuff like that. Wow. And like, um, what did you do with it? It's full of, of weed ash. And oh, cigarette ash. I, I was going to try. I was, the goal was to try to fill it up. Right. But where did and, it live? And I got, Oh, I, I think I left him. I lived in my truck or car or whatever yeah. the fuck. And like, but someone bumped into me and it fell and shattered oh. and I was in a blackout. I don't remember this. Someone told me that like I was crying and like I was upset. <laughs> oh, no. I had grown attached to it. But to kind of like sum up a little bit like that, you know, telling too many stories is like, I remember one time I was like 16, maybe 17, like some girl like was honest with me or, or just like was just talking to me and she goes, you know why you get, because, inv- you know, I got invited to all the parties and like through a bunch of parties, all that kind of shit. You know why you do? It's because, you're a wild man and you're unpredictable. And like people like that. And I remember like almost being hurt by it. I was going to say, it's not kind of offensive, right? Yeah, I know. And I was like, oh yeah, I guess that is true. Like, I guess I could go rip up a stop sign. I was never like a fighting guy, but I was always, uh, I'm, I'm here for the fucking good time. I'm here yeah. to get fucked up. I'm here to get wild. I'm here to do wild shit. And that's what I did. Uh-huh. I guess that's okay. At least you got it out of the way. I mean, in your teens, some we still do. I mean, like, but I, I don't, I don't have any desire to do any kind of like hard drugs. Yeah. I wouldn't even call it like mushrooms hard drugs, but like, no. uh, yeah. So like, yeah, I was never really into psychedelics, but as far as like, yeah, there was a big pill face in that or just that area. What? I never, I never did math or anything like that. Cause I was worried that I never did math or cocaine or any of that stuff. Cause I was worried I would like it too like much. It. <laughs> yeah, I was so scared that I would like it too much. But. So anyway, I was going to say one of my favorite stories that you've told me about your drinking partying days is, uh, when you had to mow the lawn. The day after? Yeah, like, uh, I don't know if this, I think this story might coincide with, so, like, one of the big party areas we did growing up, or grew, or a couple of us did, was um, was in, like, a trailer park, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't mean to say, obviously, like, my mom listened to, thought I was shitting on Arkansas. I'm not, I'm just saying that it kind of is anonymous with where I grew up in Arkansas. Yeah. But anyways, uh, was in a trailer park, and a friend of mine, his brother had an abandoned trailer, and... We already he didn't have a abandoned trailer. He lived in it, but he was gone all the time. He was an alcoholic, drug addict, all that kind of stuff. So one night we like all got wasted and was drinking like a half gallon of vodka, just like straight. Remember back in the day, like there was no no chasers, mm-hmm. literally just pulling the bottle from vodka. Did you want alcohol or not? Yeah, and there was no water, no snacks. Like sometimes you'd snack. Like like remember one of the first times I ever got stoned drunk, I uh, ate like a whole entire like large mason jar of like pickled okra because it's just like whatever you can get your hands on to like in a and like in a trailer park. It's like you know who what you know who knows. It, also, you're being kind of rude to eating people's food because mm-hmm. they don't have a lot. Anyways, but anyways, uh, he wasn't there, and we would we were we got really wasted, and we would and we threw on like corn or Slipknot or some shit, and like we're running and just because the ceilings are so low, if you've ever been in a trailer, they're like, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm six foot, so they were like eight foot maybe, they're like so low in this tiny little trailer, and we'd run and jump and bang our heads through the ceiling. And my mom that day, that morning, had told me that I had to mow the yard no matter what the next day. Like, oh, I'm going to go stay with her. All right. Well, no matter what, you know, what, every time you come home, you got to mow the yard tomorrow. It's okay. Get to mow the yard tomorrow. Excuse me. And um, 
So we were doing all that. And like, that's kind of the last thing I remember. It was like jam- jumping and jamming my head, smashing a hole into this guy's ceiling with my head. And like a bunch of us doing it. And then I'm, next thing I know, I'm blackout. And I wake up. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like uh, on the floor in like a bedroom. And like my shirt's off and like my pants are unbuttoned. There's a dildo in my butt. <laughs> no, that's not true. I don't wow, know what a dildo man. was then. Wow. But uh, no, like I, I, I think I had my shirt off and like one shoe off and like one so- sock on. And like, uh, and I get up and like, there's people that I remember someone like was laying out like between like the deck or like the front porch and like the inside of the living room. Like outside. Yeah. Just like, and door. it's like 6 a.m. 6 a.m. Everybody's passed out everywhere. Like yeah. one of those things. I remember someone home and then I uh, went home and sure enough, this kind of tells you like how, how my mom is. She was like, I mean, in a good way. Right. was like. Hey, you still got to mow the yard? I'm like, ah, I'm so tired. We hung out. We, you know, we played video games all night or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And uh, she's like, nope, you got to do it. And then I thought for some reason in my head, I ate one of those uh, frozen Jimmy Dean uh, croissant breakfasts. I thought this this will cure it. Mm-hmm. And I did. And then, and sure enough, like halfway through mowing it, I'm like, nope. And that was like one of the first times I like I remember like distinctly like throwing up like hardcore like during the, the next day. Right. Out in the hot Arkansas sun. And guess what? I best believe I, I uh, mowed lawn. It took me like 18 hours for like a small <laughs> yard, yard, but I did it. But you did it. Yeah. So that's. Still can't look at the Jimmy Dean again like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah. That's, that's rough, but mm-hmm. it's, it's a great story. And it made you who you are today. Yeah. I could still <laughs> get drunk and go mow the yard if you need me to. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. Let's bring it back to your, your young age. Uh-huh. Um, you were telling me the other day that there was a fire at your house. Uh, yeah. At your grandparents' house. Yeah. Now that you're saying this out loud, we haven't planned this, I promise. But like, <laughs> I wonder if that has some sort of um, connection with my obsession with fire. Mm-hmm. I, I have on here as like, be honest. Did you start the fire? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't start Are it. Are you the cause? But my had to be. Oh, shit, my mom. I divorced my biological father when I was like one. So, and then like she lived with my grandpa or we, I guess we, mm-hmm. me, her and my grandpa lived together for several years. Um, she married my now stepfather, but like, uh, so there was a time it was just us three and then my grandpa was gone. And then like, I remember, I remember, I don't remember if I was watching power Rangers or what, but I was really into power Rangers at mm-hmm. that age. Like this is such a, I have like no other memory, but this, but I remember like having jean shorts on. <laughs> That's so specific. Yeah, but but I remember having that no shoes, no socks, and no shirt. And I remember like the jean shorts, the the fly being open. Like I hadn't buttoned them yet. Uh-huh. And like I like my like dude, this is so crazy. I know this is might sound like bullshit, and like I don't have most people don't have young memories, and I don't either, really to to an extent. But this, my room was off to the back right uh, of the the trailer. And uh, I could be lying about all this. I don't remember. <laughs> uh, but this, this is how I think I remember it. Right. And um, my, I remember my mom like yelling and I look up and like there's like smoke rolling through the ceiling and shit. And she's like yelling at me to get out of the house. And like, and I'm like, and I just, uh, and I just forgot and I go running. I run out and just still have only my jean shorts on. I run in the front yard. I turn around and like there's smoke billowing out of the front of this trailer. And I'm like, oh, and my mom hasn't come out yet. And I'm like screaming for her, like her name or whatever. Oh, screaming mom. I wasn't screaming right, Becky. Right. <laughs> Becky. Becky. <laughs> yeah, as a kid. Anyways, I was screaming my mom and I was like freaking out. The other. Did I was you like, have any like thoughts of, like, I got to get my toy or was it just like. I don't remember. I don't think I took anything out. I guess my mom, but yeah. I ran out. Anyways. Not so important. Um, so and I ran out and um, my mom, like and my mom was calling 911 is what it took mm. her so long. Then finally she came out like a minute later. But there was a second where you're like. Mom's well, dead. It was a there. landline phone. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Or, or, it, it might have been a rotary. I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't. There was no cell phones. Right. And this was 1974. But like, uh, <laughs> <He's> old. <laughs> I'm old now. But um, yeah. So there was that, and then then there was also when my mom was dating Mark, my now um, I call father, stepfather, all that good stuff. He he was he was a. 32 still living in his parents because he, you know, had a lot of DUIs a and a lot of, of problems, <laughs> a lot of problems or whatever. So he was like rehabilitating there at their house. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then I was 
I mean, I hope, hopefully my mom doesn't listen to this. She said you listened to a couple. I don't know. But anyways, I'm pretty positive her and my dad were having sex upstairs. Mm-hmm. And I was downstairs uh, sleeping on the couch. And uh, and next thing I know, they run down and they, like, Mark, like, scoops me up. And there's, like, a fire in their, in my uh, Granny Jody's house. And we run out. And then they take me to my other grandparents' house. Yeah. And they go back and, you know, whatever. They rebuild the house or whatever. So that's two fires. So you have some obsession. Oh yeah. Uh, now like I mean, even like I said, early teens and stuff like that, before I really started drinking and partying, like we were camping and building fires and cooking on fires like for like three years straight. Like every mm-hmm. single day, every single night. Maybe not every single day, but like like at least three to four times a, a week we were building building excuse me. Building fires, realizing how fire worked, staring into the flames, not even on anything, just like fascinated by it. You know, uh, burning stuff, all that kind of shit. And even now, like, now that we have, like, uh, somewhat of a casa, mm-hmm. we've built a couple fires. And I still have this obscene obsession with it of, like, you know, the way you would build it and the way to keep it, like, you know. The re- I have, I guess, not obsession. It's an obsession, but also, like, a mad respect. It's and, rich, it, yeah. and, like, if you can tame it and, like, control it, then you're almost, like, it, it might even go back to my monkey brain of this, like, nomadic, like, <laughs> idea of, like, you know caveman make fire type bullshit you know what i mean right. well it's also like it's a, a feat it's not easy to build a fire so once you actually do it it's like you feel accomplished it's not it's it's easier to build a fire it's harder to keep a fire to going keep it. okay keep it going and keep all that stuff and that's what i love about it i love the like for instance the past two times we built fire in the past you know week or whatever i really didn't sit down mm-hmm. like constantly like pushing moving coals around yeah letting it you know letting the letting it breathe adding you know a little uh kindling yeah, and I sat back and drank beer. Yeah, and watched, and it was great. Um. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, so maybe like you know, maybe you broke me down psychologically, and that's you know that is. Uh, maybe you want to tame the fire because it was so reckless in your youth. Yeah, maybe that now maybe, you want control of. Yeah, it. maybe there's some sort of subconscious that like <laughs> connects it with uh, me trying to save my mom, and yeah. I thought she was going to die. I don't know. That's that's a wild uh, assumption and a lot wild like mindset to break down, but it's possible. Yes, yeah. we'll we'll go there. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's see. Just to jump ahead, I guess we'll, we'll we've talked a little bit about your youth, um, our yeah. first podcast. But let's yeah. jump to your teenage years, where you um, had a passion for acting. Yeah, uh, maybe I was thirteen, maybe I was twelve. I don't know. We used I, to do like church plays as well. So you, yeah, I was. That. that was for I would say, <clears throat> I mean, till I maybe till like I don't know, maybe till I was like. 15, 16, maybe like, yeah, maybe like 14, 15. I was like about 100% positive I was going to be an actor. Mm-hmm. I tell them all the time, I'm moving away. I moved to Los Angeles and act. I was obsessed with movies. Um, I was just like, I wanted to be an actor. I thought that's what I want to do. And then like, I was doing a lot of church plays. And I would do a lot of, uh, I'd play, I'd always be the lead role in the church mm-hmm. plays. <laughs> but, well, let's just preface by saying he, Went to a very small church. So. Oh, I mean, it wasn't very, I mean, very, maybe comparatively to, you know, your fucking uh, mega churches, but like, yeah. there was one that I, was I, a couple, I, huh? I'm, was, I'm, I'm not offended, but like, there was one that was a couple hundred. Yeah. That like, it was fairly big, you know what I mean? And like, my mom convinced me to, I was playing Rocky the Rock. And it was like, it was like a. You were a rock? Yeah. And I was the rock that rolled in front of Jesus's tomb. Oh, I thought you were shouting Adrian or something. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> I talked in a Sloan accent. Yeah. I was basically mentally challenged. Um, All the other kids. Yeah. So, yeah, well, my mom convinced me to put the hood up on this, like, fat suit thing that I was wearing. and Ooh. But she bribed me with, like, new shoes or whatever the fuck. But, um, but yeah, so for the longest time, I thought that that's what I wanted. Like, I was almost 100% positive that I was going to grow up and be a uh, be an actor. Like, did you take classes? Did you take yeah. Classes? I, uh, my mom... God bless your soul. Like, mm-hmm. if you listen to Kobe's, uh, I, I didn't really talk about it uh, much with you. Listen to the last episode with Kobe Courtney. He talks about how great his mom was to push him and stuff like that. My mom was too, but I was also. She still is. Yeah, she still oh, is. Yeah. She's very supportive of whatever the fuck I'm doing. I'm like, hey, I'm going to paint boogers under this wall. And she's like, that sounds good. <laughs> you do you. Yeah, you do you, baby. Anyways, um, so, so yeah, so, and now, like, I grew up in a small town, obviously, said a thousand times. Mm-hmm. Um, an hour away is the capital. 
it's a little over an hour, uh, Little Rock. And that's where, obviously, if you wanted to go to acting class, you want to do anything you cultural. Visit the Clinton Library. Yes, exactly. You want to do anything cultural, that's where you had to go. Yeah. So we found acting classes up there. I don't remember how much they cost. My mom somehow pulled it together to pay for it. I'm sure Mark, you know, obviously also helped. They're married at this time. But anyways, and uh, so, yeah, she would drive me every Saturday morning to uh, go and, like, take these acting classes. And they were just... Like I said, and I don't know what the fuck, she would, she would like on her day off, drive me an hour and a half to like go and like pretend to like, <laughs> or or it was like, I from what I vaguely remember, it was doing like, uh, it was like commercial reads and stuff like that. It was like mm-hmm. trying to, I was trying to, you know, like be JC, Pen- I, I, be in a JC Penney's ad. Penny. Yeah, I was trying to be Mr. JC Penny. <laughs> so you gave me the name, but it was that. And that's what, and like I said, that's what I could have swore that. If you ask me, then like, what are you going to be when you grow up? I'm going to move to LA and I'm moving to acting. That oh, was yeah. that. Okay, uh, but you know, did you did you go on on any inter- uh, auditions or was it just the classes and? Yeah, there was just classes. I eventually gave up because I'm a fucking loser. But like, uh, but then you moved into. Yeah, so <laughs> if you look at me now and you think I'm not handsome, but there was a time <laughs> where I was. You are so handsome. Stop. I know, but no, there was. I'm more rugged now than. Back then, I used to be like a cute were, little soft boy. Yeah, you were like a little, I don't know, a pop star. Yeah, yeah, I looked like <laughs> someone that would try out for a pop star or Which, Disney, uh, was it Mickey Mouse Club? Mickey Mouse Club, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know what kind of fucking wild hair got up my ass where I like, this just goes to show you like how much I've had to uh, rework on my mindset of like being more stable and grounded and being like who I am now. Because there was a time like that age, I'm going to tell you, like 14, I was like 15, where like I thought that I was, I was like the hot shit. Like there was <laughs> nothing I could do wrong. I got away with everything at school. Like and that goes back to why people cautioned me from wanting to date. You. Yeah, exactly. It brings it back around. Because like, you know, I was a pretty confident person. Mm-hmm. Like I'd, You still are. Yeah, uh, not not cocky, but confident. I, uh, yeah, I'm confident to an extent, but you can also you've seen like there's layers of me now that are like, oh, of course, they're fractured and like you know, like yeah, you know, self conscious. I'm more self conscious sure. about like you know, art style, whatever the fuck. I'm not really like you know, I'm not really uh, you know, I'm confident in certain aspects. Anyway. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but I'm saying so. I was overindulged at that age, mm-hmm. like where like I was just I never really missed like I could get away with anything. Mm-hmm. I could. Um, Go, you know, talk to anybody I wanted to. Like, I was very personable, played sports. I uh, like fucking, so I was like, fuck it. Like, I can, there's nothing I can do wrong. And then I, I don't know how got about it, but like, turns out like they were Little Rock, the capital of Arkansas, was doing, because America's Next Top Model was really big during the time, mm-hmm. was doing Arkansas's Next Top Model. And I was, and I just, I don't know if my mom suggested it or somebody else suggested it, or like I said, if I was so high on my high horse that I was like, I got this. Yeah, I'm going to fucking be, win this. So I don't think I've ever told, I've always told like maybe a handful of people about this. But anyways, cause it, I used to be so embarrassed by it because there's headshots on that shit. If we have those shots, they're going to go up on the Instagram. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so I decided I was going to do it. So we went to Little Rock one day. My mom took, because you had to have a photo attached to like. You know, to be in the competition. I need to put a name to a face. Yeah. My mom took a photo of me with like a digital camera, like a a disposable. And it was like me sitting in front of like a, uh, my grandma's door, which like had that, uh, it wasn't really, um, uh, stained glass. It was more like, it was like the translucent door, you know, that has the oval in the front Mm. or the glass. It's like a, like a a thick glass. Yeah. But it's like, it's like, you know, it's like, it's like, has like those weird shapes into it. Anyways, but like I had my foot up. Ooh. Behind me, and my jeans were ripped and acid wash, yep. and I was wearing Timberlands, and I had a uh, red uh, polo on, mm-hmm. black shirt, mm-hmm. black cutoff shirt underneath, so you only see the black top right there, like out of the collar. I'm pointing to, <laughs> yeah. And I had a necklace that had a dog. Like so, this so this is where it goes back into like I keep like if I reevaluate like the you know people say you know paintings are weird or whatever the fuck my mindset sometimes that can be strange. But like, it's like there was, it was stuff that was sprinkled throughout this persona that I was perceived as like that age, because like I said, I was all those things, Timberlands, pants, polo, all that shit. But I was also wearing dog tags mm-hmm. that I got stamped 
that had my name stuff on it. But also I had found this little chili pepper that had a smiling face on it that had a bell in it. So I put that on there. Is a bell? It was like a bell that was like the, the shape yeah. of a smiling chili pepper. And I just put that on the dog tag. I just wore it outside of my shirt. <laughs> like, you know. You're that, doing your thing. Yeah. That, Shoot that, your shot in Arkansas. Yeah, that's Everybody what I'm saying. Like, like, I was still like, whatever. And like, I ran that same time. I had all that. And then also like, I had a, um, I found it at a thrift store. Like, I might have said it on MTV or someone else. Definitely still the style. Someone like, it was a used like guy that changed oil. Oh, yeah. It was, a, yeah, and just said Bob like on it. And I was like, that'd be, that'd be fun. And I just wore that around too. And like people would be like, oh, is your name Bob? I'm like, no. And <laughs> Maybe, I, was, I don't know. And I had inside pocket. I don't know. It was just like, there was, so there's weirdness sprinkled throughout, you know, whatever. Right. So but anyway, so I, sorry, sorry. I was, uh, I digressed into weirdness. Yeah, that's okay. But, um, but yeah, so I did the Arkansas Next Top model. And so, you know, like I said, she took the photo, we got it developed, we went down there, signed up. And it was like a hundred, like, I don't know, maybe, maybe like, uh, 500 people, like men and women that, uh, maybe more. 500 of each, 500 men, 500 women um, that tried out. And like you had to, it was like a, I think it was an in-person interview with like these casting people of this like agency. And then there was a, you had to walk the catwalk. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why in my head I thought I could be a model. I don't know. Like this, this such a, like, so once again, it's this weird thing of like, I can do this. And so I... So yeah, we go up and then like, so we're in a line and I'm like fucking nervous as fuck. Like, yeah. oh, I can't believe I'm doing this. What am I doing? Like, Wait, did you practice like your catwalk? No, I didn't. I don't think I even knew that that was going to be a part of it. It was like in a mall. You didn't anticipate? In a mall, a bunch of people. And like, no, I didn't anticipate. Was and, it in like, front of a group or was it like? No, it was in front of a whole crowd of people. Ah. It was like a whole f- fucking like crowd of like, you know, yeah, a hundred people or whoever like, it was probably the people that brought other people. You know what I mean? It was never, it's not like an actual audience. I was in this rich, really rich mall and, uh, so the guy before me is like super buff dude and he goes up and he like goes and pulls up his like uh shirt and like shows uh, off his abs. Yeah. And like and then walks off. And then at, this just shows goes to show you that I still was clever at that age. Uh-huh. It was like so I'm like, "Well, I can't do that." I got I, I was like, "Well, this guy's got flair. He's trying to throw down on me, so I have to do something." <laughs> yeah. So I go up there and then I go to pull my shirt up to show my abs. And I put put my hand down and I wag the finger and say no <laughs> and turn off walk off. I get a I get a big got charisma this kid. Yeah, I got big applause and like um all that jazz. And uh yeah, and so they chose I bet me. He was like, oh fuck that guy. Yeah, I got I got I a big laugh, I think, and like yeah. basically yeah, basically threw a water oh, I could drink a uh piss in his face. Yeah. I almost said water, then I said piss. I drink a piss. I, I, I drink a piss. <laughs> I just watched Game of Thrones, it's one got me all fucked up. Yeah. Um so yeah, so I got chose top five. Sorry to make this story so long, but uh, I got I got That's a fun story. Yeah, I guess. But uh, I got top five, and then it was on. So before the CW, I don't know what it was in other uh, parts of the United States. It was in Arkansas. It was the UPN, right? Right. I'm saying mm-hmm. that like I know it. Sure. Yeah. Totally. It was like it was the WB for a while. WB, yeah. And then it turned, I think, to UPN or something like that. Yeah. And it's like, like, Mar- like it's. And, you know, to say the least, it was like a lot of the show, like a lot of the, uh, you know, the black shows around there. A lot of like uh, Martin and like. Uh, I said that before. I said, was about to say what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot of Wayne's brother stuff. And it was just like, that was just kind of their thing. Yeah. And like, um, and that was, I watched a lot of Martin on there. There was like deaf comedy jams around there. A lot of great stuff on that channel. But like, then they got bought out by someone else. I don't know. It was a whole thing. But that's the channel I kind of remember it being. But anyway, so they took that and then. It would air every week. The top it would show the top five, and you had to go online or like I think it was Texan maybe. I don't think it was no online really. So I think that it would pull up on there, and then you had or to like a phone call. You had yeah, to on the phone. And yeah, like, and then you voted for whatever. And then the top five we went to before like before the voting we went to the so studio. This is top five out of like boys and girls. Like it was, yeah, there's five guys, five girls. Oh, okay. So out of five hundred dudes, yeah, you made it to the top five. Yeah. yeah, but I was like, like I said, 14, 15. Who, well, gives hey. fuck? Who cares at that age? It's like winning a pageant when you're like three. Who cares? Mm. But like, it's still yeah. a story. I guess yeah, it's a story. But anyways, so then, um, but yeah, then we like all went and did like a photo shoot where we're all like, you know, playing around and like, mm-hmm. it was like a friend style. And then, and I got my headshots where I had to do four different outfits and I did like a cowboy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I did a cowboy. <laughs> I had a straw cowboy hat. I like that shit. And then I had, like a pair of like uh 
like long shorts that were uh, capri or not capris, but they were uh, plaid, like plaid shorts with like a a white a white polo, and like I was tossing a tennis ball. And then I had like I had like a loose tie on. I had I think it was one more. Oh, uh, it was a back to school look. I remember that one. <laughs> I remember the back to school look. Yeah. And I, yeah, and I learned to smile bullshit. And basically, whoever won the, but I mean, like I said, this is a long ass story. It's probably boring by now. But um, whoever won got the uh, got a contract with the agency. You know what I mean? All that shit. Mm-hmm. So that was my goal. And I remember they they aired interviews on the the tube, the TV across Arkansas. Mm-hmm. I remember them. I really remember the interviews, like them asking me if I thought I could win, and I remember being like. I don't think I'm good enough. You know what I mean? And like, and they cut it out. <laughs> like my, like everyone else's interview was like, I, I guess I was like, uh, very like, uh, displacing about like me, like winning or like being, being in or Debbie Downer. Yeah. And so they cut out most. So I remember people asking me like, cause I told people about school so they could vote. And right. that was, that was a pretty big deal. Like out of my tiny school that like I was <laughs> on the TV. Yo, ju- I'm on TV. Yeah. From white County central. Yeah. Anyways. So <clears throat> I came in third. Yeah, which is awesome. Yeah, it was uh, interesting. So, and then they gave me like, cooking came in third, they gave me like three free um, modeling classes, which they just kind of show you how to, it was kind of bullshit thing. Not a not a real enticing. Yeah, yeah I didn't look like Ashton Kutcher. No, <laughs> I might have. You kind of did, yeah. <laughs> I mean, with the hair and all. Yeah, the old yeah, Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> Anyways, sorry, that was a long, boring story. No, that was fun. Um, so, Okay. Just real quick, let's stay in these teenage years for just a minute and talk about Billy. About the what? Billy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. You want to? Uh, <laughs> uh, I was expecting. Okay. I know That's there. I know there are uh, several, but just some of your highlights from this makes me this sound horrible. I mean, but uh, I'm just, <laughs> yeah. dude. I don't mind. You might just have to start hosting the show after this episode <laughs> because I'm gonna come out of this just sound like a real asshole and villain. Yeah. But you weren't the instigator in all of them. You kind of worked as a team. So, anyways, go ahead. Okay. So, <laughs> oh my God! Like I said, if when this is all compiled together, me telling all these stories, <laughs> it is pretty bad. But you're uh, a great guy now. So I'm a pretty good guy now. Yeah. And uh, we can all change. Mm-hmm. And I have. And I feel I do feel bad about these next coming upcoming stories. <laughs> I do feel bad about them. Yes. Because it was just a man trying to like. If I was in his role, like oh my god. Uh, yeah. So. There was a like there was a core group of us that went to school. I mean, there was a lot of it. Like, I graduated fifty four people, and a lot of us went to That's so small. Yes, <laughs> um, a lot of us like I would say over half went to school together since we were five. It's crazy. Um, but there was four of us that really stuck together, and like we played sports all the way. Me, Jay, Jeremy, and Will. Uh, I don't know if I should say the name. Who cares? You didn't say last name. Yeah, but anyways, so we all four. Um, we, you know, we did a lot of stuff together. We played basketball every summer, went swimming. Uh, we'd camp a lot. That, like I said, building fires, doing a lot of wild shit, doing bottle rocket stuff. Literally anything. Like, so I don't know what it was like for kids growing up in suburbs and, excuse me, in like uh, in areas like that. But for us, it was like there was so there was nothing around. There's so much empty space. Literally anything we could do to uh, like um, distract ourselves or have fun. Or like, and we could, I mean, and also anything we were pretty much allowed to, like we go mm-hmm. to like friends, Jay's house and his dad was a single parent who's working a lot and he was trying but definitely looking back, <laughs> definitely trying to bang ladies. For sure. Yeah. And like, um, cause he would just leave and he would be gone all night. And so it'd be all four of us at the house shooting bottle rockets in the house, like, you know, doing all kinds of wild shit. So literally like we like, we're basically like, this is around the time of jackass. So we're like doing all kinds, mm-hmm. we're doing shopping cart stuff. We're fucking racing forwards until like they go as fast as they can and we like flip them and shit. We're like literally like indestructible doing wild shit. Mm-hmm. And like this goes back to also the confidence of like nothing can happen to us. Yeah. So this guy that lived behind Jay's house, like I said, already established that this is the place where we went to like, not to say like even like we weren't drinking or doing drugs. It was literally just like, hey, like if we can think of it, we can do it A here. Free for all home. First porn I ever saw was there, like all that kind of shit. And um, so. This guy lived behind uh, Jay's house. And I don't necessarily even know why we picked this guy as a target. And it was like a small, I'm building this up like we killed the guy. But, uh, <laughs> as a target. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like he lived in a tiny, like really shitty trailer. And like the guy, like 
I, I had a couple interactions with him, but not much. Jay always said he was an asshole, so maybe that's why. Yeah. So the first thing we ever did to him, which I don't even know how we got the idea, was we decided to light poop on his porch. <laughs> really I, original. What? Really original. Yeah, it was, I don't know if we saw it on a movie, TV show, for yeah. sure. Um, and that was like the first one. And so I, no one had to poop, so I pooped in the brown bag. You did it. I pooped. <laughs> I pooped in the bag, but 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 yeah, I sat over the toilet. Oh, okay. But no, and then I put my put the bag up to my butt just in case. I sat <laughs> over the toilet just in case there was any spillage, <laughs> which there wasn't. It was like a nice because those are you know fourteen year old shits are just like perfect little healthy logs no matter what you eat. Yeah. Um. But anyways, so I poop into the bag and we go and then like we light it on his porch and, he, and like we. We bang on his, it's like two in the morning. We bang on his door. He comes out. It's, it played exactly like if you, no one's ever done that before. It plays exactly, or in that scenario, it played exactly how you would think it would. Mm-hmm. It like, he comes out. He's like, oh my God, what did you put on? Like, he's like, he sees did a he fire. Yeah. He sees a fire on his fucking uh, porch, porch and he stomps it out. And we laugh. And we like, and all, oh, I should also say this at around this time, I knew I wanted to, like, I was still thinking I wanted to be an actor, but I also wanted to make movies. Mm. So I uh, got a, I asked for a video camera for Christmas. Mm-hmm. So I, for, so there's hours and hours, like, like a footage of like, what movies we made. And I was always the director. I was always, but I was never the guy in the front of the, cam- in the Which camera. Which is ironic that. Yeah. Well, I think that maybe was some sort of my now artistic brain of me being like, I'm going to like, and I would kind of pose up the scenarios right, and like try right. to do lighting and stuff. I remember, I think we might have recorded that first session or whatever of like that. So like I said, I took the camera everywhere. I always had it. I was always recording and we did like videos of Bob and B.I. And they were just like, and yeah. B.I. B.I. was, uh, oh, yeah. He's, he's like a he was like a feminine guy. <laughs> yeah. This was 2003, 2004. <laughs> Uh, he wore a tutu and like all that stuff and then like uh, Bob was like like uh, a friend of ours that just wore like a, like a Halloween like werewolf mask and they would just do like <laughs> with the BI videos we like put like a candle in his butt oh and then God. lit it and like that was in like in an abandoned house and that was it well, there was like a whole storyline I think yeah. but like and anyways so did, with Billy like so he Kids did that really grow up in the city what <laughs> The kids should really grow up in this yeah. city. <laughs> um, so we did a bunch of the and like so we did the white poop thing. And then after that we kind of were we're gonna do it every week. Mm-hmm. And then then when like there's one time probably sitting in his living room like, what are they gonna do to me this week? Oh yeah, that guy definitely had some sort of PTSD because it <sighs> slowly it slowly became like almost like torture. Like so like one time we didn't have a lighter and we just like someone it wasn't me this time, pooped into a bowl. And then we just dumped poop onto his porch, like just onto his porch. Mm-hmm. And we banged and like made a lot of noise and stuff until he had to come out. And he happened to come out with no shoes on. So no. he stepped right in poop. Oh my God. And then, and then, you guys. and then like we shot paintballs at his house, yeah. like uh, shot fireworks and stuff. There's a video out there of like we shot fireworks at the house and stuff. And I was off to the side of the trailer. And then when he comes out, they uh, like, they're like, there's like, we had two friends with their butts pulled out with smiley faces on them. They're smacking their butts. <laughs> Dude, this is all making me sound horrible. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, we can move past. It. Yeah, I mean, we can. I mean, I can tell it, but like, I was just like I said, I was a maniac. You, like, I, you, you were with four other boys as well. Yeah, I mean, like, and I said, and like, like I said before, is like the idea is like we had nothing else to do. We we're doing like, and like I, you know, do I regret some of the stuff? Yeah, does it make me kind of who I am today? Because we would do like wild shit. We do like horrible things. To this guy and like. One of my friends ended up going to the military and like that was kind of like that whole like, oh well, yeah, yeah, yeah. One was like reserve air force, which is like, whatever. <laughs> and then like the other one was um, army. did like two tours and that kind of stuff. And like that kind of was his formative years of like, he played a lot of games and stuff, but we did a lot of like sneaking and like did a lot of like. True, yeah. So it kind of played a lot into him, but I also got to like, like I said, like uh, videotape stuff. I enjoyed it. And, and were we torturous to this guy? Does he, you know, there, I mean, there was, there was one, The like, I'll end it with this. Uh, there was one time we, I think we might've done a couple weeks in a row or whatever. It, like, or that was two times actually. Oh, this is the same time actually. Sorry. <laughs> um, um, so we had built up doing this. Like we didn't do it every week. We did it like, you know, whatever. 
And then one time we like utterly destroyed, like we just fucked with him so much. And like, and like he had like a field and we put like a stop sign out in it. And we just kept fucking with him. Anyways. And like, so he like, he snaps. Mm-hmm. He gets in his truck and like he, I guess I should preface this by saying that he lived on the back of like, like a, a huge like squash and zucchini farm. There was a lot of roads. It wasn't like an open field. You know what I mean? There was like, mm-hmm. well, it was like a big area. So he snaps and then like, he says he's going to fucking kill us. And he gets in his car and he tries to run us down. Like he is, we're like in open field just sprinting. And he's I mean, like, I don't blame the guy. And he's like trying to like, you know, run us over. Right. We all kind of scatter. He calls the cops. Right. Cops show up and like, um, and two of friends, you know, take off running. Another friend like lays down and uh, stuff. And, um, <laughs> I keep we get around and like I like I I run and I just jump into a bush like I'm just like in a bush <laughs> I run and I'm just in it and like because the cops have shown up at that point but like right. I said he freaked out was like trying to kill us like he had snapped he's done um, anyways I jumped into a bush when the cops showed up and then like one of friends stopped and I remember him telling like the friend like hey uh, who's your friend up there in the bush like, he said <laughs> come out and like shine the spotlight and I'm like it's like, oh, like in, the, in, the, in the dark it didn't look like it looked like I could just like hide in it right but it was just like one of those like wiry bushes where like you just shine a light you can just see me like <laughs> like you can see me like sprawled up into it yeah so he told man I think he said man in the bush come out man or in the bush and like I was just a boy but uh, yeah. but he never like you know that Billy guy never caught us because you know we were so fast because we were all hopped right. up on and he never pressed sports. charges no, oh, the cop, I had to call my aunt to come pick me up, mm-hmm. who had a really cool, who is, who is, I guess, um, maybe like five years older than me. Yeah. No, that's not right. No, she's. Or maybe like, maybe 10. She's probably in her 15. 40s. Yeah. Early 40s. Yeah. Five is strong. But anyways, uh, she was like always a younger, like she was my youngest aunt. Mm-hmm. I called her because I thought that she wouldn't tell my mom. That's a good call. That's a good call. But she did tell my mom. She did, yeah. She did take me and beat me to my mom. My mom said, what were you doing? Blah, blah, blah. And I was grounded and like all that whole yeah. shit. But like, uh, yeah. And did we do it after that? Yeah, we did. We Did we up it? And, it like, didn't uh, dissuade you from. If anything, it like, it made Jeremy, who one of the guys with us, it made him, who ended up going in the military, it made him more enthused about it. Mm-hmm. So there, there'd be so times he where, got, like, really where he'd, be, he'd be like, I'm not leaving until the cops get called. Like that kind of stuff. Like, oh, that's a that's a scary individual. Yeah, to be and that, that man fought for our country, so yeah. you better shut your mouth. <laughs> yeah. But we like we had created PVC uh, PVC pipes that we like duct taped the end and then like glued like or like uh, we duct taped the end so the sparks wouldn't get you, mm-hmm. and then we cut holes in through the top so you could like light them like light a uh, a um, bottle rocket, shove it in the hole so so there'd be one person standing up. Like so, we also did this with bottle rocket wars. So you'd be on one knee, and you'd have yeah, like a basket. That's not something that everyone knows what that is. Bottle rocket wars. You oh just yeah, said it, like nonchalant. You just shoot bottle rockets at each other. Yeah, of course. And when you pop, and uh-huh. you know, you die. All that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one left. You want? Sure. Anyways, and uh, so bottle rocket wars. So yeah, you shoot bottle rockets at each other. It's exactly yeah. what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. But um. So yeah, we went to the extreme of holding the uh you know the pipe. One person would hold on their knee and be like a, basically like you're holding like a little cannon because it's a big round pipe. Mm-hmm. And and we dug and we realized from trial and error that if you just put it into the back of it, shoots back. It sh- or not shoots back, but the sparks from that yeah. will shoot back onto your shoulder or whatever. So we duct taped the end, drove to the top. So you one so we had a loader and a holder. So one person was aiming. Another person would stand behind him, light him, and just fucking feed him into there. And you go, and he was like, fire again, fire again. And you just, um, so this is basically like a military operation. Wow. So yeah, if anything, uh, that's pretty piece. inventive for, you know, mm-hmm. a couple 15 year olds. Or also pooping in bags and stuff. So that's I don't know. That's true. I mean, true. but like I said, this is all making me sound horrible. But no, 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 it's okay. <laughs> okay. So let's fast forward. Yeah. Because um, we have already talked about. You might have to break this up into two. <clears throat> yeah. Sorry, maybe I'm talking too much. No, no, I like it. I like the stories. They're fun. Um, we talked about, you know, moving around, us getting married, blah, blah, blah. Boring story. Who cares? Um, but let's talk about your painting. Um, when did you first kind of start painting? Like, what what was your first remembrance of actually, like, putting paint on a canvas and, like, kind of liking it and enjoying it? Um, the, oh, I did take art classes in high school. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, they weren't anything. I, mean, yeah, I think were, most people took Yeah, they were like, like, hey, you know, take this fucking bullshit and paint this bullshit. There was right. no concept or, you know, it was just like literally just like. Generic. Yeah, exactly. A book. And uh, I did enjoy it. So before that, though, like it kind of goes into. It kind of like one leads into another is like I used to write a lot, right. as you know. Mm-hmm. So I thought so as you can as you can hear me throughout this podcast <laughs> talk about I thought this and I wanted to do this mm-hmm. um, when I didn't become an actor, obviously. And then I graduated high school and then we got married, did all that shit. And I was working at Metal Room Supply. I really got into like reading real hard. Mm-hmm. A lot of different books, a lot of different fantasy books, all that kind of stuff. Real hard. Um, I was reading mean, the, the job I was at was so slow that I was reading a book a day, and I was like, "Fuck!" Mm-hmm. Or maybe not a day, but you know what I mean, in a week. Close to yeah. And um, so I was like, "Fuck it!" And I was like, "I want to write." So like, I wanted to write, and so then for a while, I thought that's what I wanted to do. I thought I wanted to be a writer. Um, I loved it. I really liked it. Which you're really good at, by the way. I I didn't think I was bad at it, um, but it was just throughout my life. There's all this this creativity that I want. Like just be creative. It's like mm-hmm. my biggest thing, and like I enjoyed doing. Um, that's where I, I've gotten the most joy if I really evaluate and look back through. I really enjoyed writing. I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, was I disciplined enough to write? I don't think so. Cause like sometimes. It, yeah, sometimes I was, but like um, it's different, I guess, for me with mindset. I got to the point where I was writing really fictional but hyperbolized stories of like true stories. Mm-hmm. So it's like, so it's like you know, there's a sense of like abstractions to it where it's like it's not real. But there's also a sense of like underlayment of like racism and stuff. So it took a lot out of me to like try to formulate some sort of story that felt real that wasn't, if that makes sense. Yeah. And that might sound dumb and it might be super easy for some people. But for me, it, it, it took a lot of work for me to like get in that mindset. Like, hey, I'm sitting down and I'm writing this amount today. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I always enjoyed it. And But then there was a time when we moved to New Smyrna where like I went to film school. I thought I was going to be a film like a film writer. Yeah. Say so once again, like I'm, I think I want to do this. And then... Uh, and then so I thought I wanted to do that and I was going to film school and then I stopped and then I was like cooking and I thought maybe I wanted to cook because it was like, so even cooking gives you some sort of outlet of creativity. Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, but I still was like, maybe I want to write. And I was still trying to write. I was like, if you listen to episode two, you kind of hear me and Andrew talking about taking a lot of Adderall and trying to write. I thought that that's what I wanted to do because I, cause I, because I, when I did finish something or I did get something going, there was that I did feel like. This self-accomplishment, this adrenaline. Yeah. yeah, or then there's like this relief or whatever that, you know, I'm getting. Because there was also time where it was kind of therapeutic or I was putting stuff on, like just as a, you know, therapy thing. And then and then I got introduced to Tyler uh, Burns from um, uh, New Smyrna. And he um, introduced me to like, so the, first, the real introduction was, we had hung out with him and his girlfriend, Jessica, for a while. And, like, it hung out with a bunch of people. And we'd never been to his house. And we went to his house, and he had, I don't know, maybe 30 his canvases. Enti- his entire living room was, was full, ca- Just full of, like, paintings. And it was uh, just, like, canvas art. Not mm-hmm. It wasn't um, bound. Yeah, it was, no, it was nothing, it was nothing stretched on the, canvas, yeah. yeah. It was raw canvas. And they were all amazing. They were so cool. Uh, and they are all wild, ab- abstract. Um, and... Tyler's no longer with us, but like, uh, I'll tell him this is like the, that moment was that kind of the turning point for me where I kind of saw it and like talking to him and he was like, yeah, like I don't really, you know, he had no intention of selling it. He had no intention mm-hmm. of doing anything with him. It was for him like a pure therapeutic thing. And like he even, I remember him even saying as like, you know, you know, someone being like, you never paint anymore. And he goes, well, I'm, I'm happy. Like I don't mm-hmm. need it. So he used it as a therapy. I remember thinking that, I think that you had to be a certain level of painting and a certain level of mm-hmm. like like existence to even like paint or you know what I mean you could never just be like I'm gonna put stuff on camera it never even crossed my mind to like same with my problem with writing it always came back to like grammar I'm like well I can't right. like, even my stories are formulated well if I don't know grammar then I'm I'm a fucking idiot and I mm-hmm. can't write um, and same I thought the same thing with painting if I don't know what I'm doing why would I put in why would I even try you weren't thinking of it as like a fun thing it was more like you if you're not good then. Why do it? Yeah, exactly. Or like even like a therapeutic thing or like yeah. even something like said, like I think that the writing meant more to my mental health, like my, uh, my, like said, like, you know, therapy and like my way of getting stuff out more than I knew. 
And once that kind of went away, I think I was kind of bottling up a lot of stuff because I am generally like whether you heard these stories beforehand or whatever, I'm a nice person uh, who, <laughs> who, who like uh, who tries to do good stuff and like you know tries not to be an asshole yeah, and tries sure. to work hard and all that kind of stuff. So with that comes these like dark, but I'm also a huge, uh, a pretty dark person in my brain and like all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So like for me, like having that outlet of writing and stuff was the way to get out, and like not having that anymore was kind of struggling. And then but seeing Tyler do it so well. And have it as like, you know, he, he was like, fuck it. I, like, I do it. And he's like, he had to have, you know, like 50 to a hundred, like just like stuff he never put up. That was just mm-hmm. ca- like charcoal. He gave us, he gave me my first ever painting. Yeah. I remember us that first night and just looking through in, in awe of his, of his paintings. And he was like, pick one. What do you want? Like we yeah. picked one that we still have on our wall today. That he yeah. I'll never get rid of it. Yeah. Five hundred dollars for yeah, it's a great abstract piece, and like, uh, and I look at it all the time. It's hanging by TV. Uh, I'll never get rid of it. No, um, yeah. but it was kind of that was kind of the the ball that got like moving for me was the idea that like I can just paint, and then we started, and then I started getting supplies <clears throat> and painting and mm-hmm. doing that that way. But then I like for the longest time, I didn't know what like same thing is like just because I had that outlet now, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing, so I would take rope and glue it onto a canvas i'd fucking smash a pot like i would make fucking origami flowers and put out of a book and put it onto a pregnant woman that but like there was no concept of like what i was doing or like i would look at like my biggest thing going for like my biggest thing at first because i was so lost and so felt so inadequate was i would literally just look up the outlines of stuff it's like the outline of an eye the outline of a a scarecrow like literally and i would just kind of like Mm -hmm. free form or i would just draw it out onto there. It would be nothing more than that. There would be nothing that I put into it of myself. I was literally just taking an image and putting it onto the canvas. Mm-hmm. And even if you look at my old stuff, like my from 2016, this would be right. There's like, there's still a sense of like that chaotic background, but it's very polished and put together. It doesn't have a lot of concepts with it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was kind of the first time I actually did it. And then I really enjoyed it when we did it. And then I, about like being we painted with him a couple of times too. Yeah, painted with him a couple of times. That was fantastic. Like all four of us painted together, mm-hmm. and that just kind of felt like a, a hang that we happened to yeah get the it was like know. a creative hang. Yeah, it was yeah. great. And uh, smoked weed and fucking smoked cigarettes and drink beer and it was beers, great. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, like I said, uh, I never got to explain to him like what that mean now because now it's I mean not to skip over anything, but like now it's like evolved to the point where like. I get to, I get a piece that I'm like feeling really well about and like the concept's really there and I'm really filling it out. I feel like a sense of a, like a euphoria. Like I don't have to like have like, you know, I might smoke some weed when I'm painting it or mm-hmm. like drink or like take mushrooms or whatever. Um, but yeah, I'm able to like actually, there's like an exhilaration for it and I actually view it as a ther- therapy session and mm-hmm. as something that's now exists on the canvas and no longer is like stuck in my head. And I can actually feel myself now going for like, there's days I don't paint. I can feel myself kind of like regressing into like an unhealthy mental state. Not like I'm like depressed or anything like that, sure. but it's a sense of like. That's kind of your release. And yes. It's, it's a way. To, yeah. It's a way to get something out. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so speaking of your past art, just looking back, what, what, do you, what are your thoughts? I know you kind of said that that you were kind of just taking off images that you looked up. But looking back, do you like see something and you're like, oh, that's not so bad or. There's some things that I see that maybe there's a concept there, but more often than not, like it, it's really taken me a long time to even be able to put down a concept mm-hmm. or even come up with a concept as I'm painting it and be able to like push it toward that. Like before that, I don't think there was anything like that. It was like, just like, for instance, we have one of your old paintings in our home right now. The, uh, the, yeah. The mouth. Yeah. The screaming it's, face. It's like that, that might've like, and there might've been stuff that was touching into that early stages of like, maybe I felt hopeless or angry or whatever the fuck. There might've been those early stages where I was tapping into those. And like, I didn't even, you know, rationalize that that's mm-hmm. what I was doing. Uh, but yeah, the past year and a half, two years, I've really been able to uh, hone into those thoughts and feelings and really be able to push it. Uh, but you know, also feeling inadequate to what I'm doing or ha- I have imposter syndrome all the time. Yeah. Of like, I don't know. Like, so to, uh, so yeah. to that, um, also like talking, talking about time, imposter syndrome, talking about, even talking about being a painter when I haven't really had, you know, a huge, like I've sold some stuff. I've done a couple outdoor shows, I've done a couple indoor shows, mm-hmm. but like, um, 
not having any kind of like a big thing. I don't know. It makes me, I don't know. It makes me feel, and I, like, yeah, it makes me feel like, who, who are you to talk about being an artist? I don't know. Which is super silly for you to think of. Yeah. Um, because you're a great artist. Um, but we were also kind of talking about on the way over here how you kind of judge your art based on the perception of it. Um, I mean, maybe that's the wrong wording, but you just, you were saying like, even if you kind of like something, you're, you know, if it doesn't have the proper shading, even though that's not necessarily what your art is or what you're going for, you kind of overthink it sometimes. Yeah. That- yeah. And, and, uh, yeah, I do. Um, yeah, I was kind of talking about that and you told me to shut up. So yeah, <laughs> but, uh, no, so, uh, we're running on time, but like, so yeah. I'm gonna try to breeze right into this real quick. So the biggest thing is like, uh, I'm a huge, uh, advocate for psilocybin, uh, like taking mushrooms, all that kind of stuff. Um, and it helps me so much to open up pathways to the things that in my brain that like rewires me to like things that I think that I, um, am able to, uh, tap into that. I don't know that like I'm feeling or like maybe like I'm upset by something or there's like a blockage or that kind of stuff. It helps me kind of reassess what I'm doing and reassess that where, where I'm like leading and like where my pains are going and where I'm, you know, what my goal is going forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, and recently I kind of had like, you know, on these, you know, uh, you know, microdosing for three days and nothing crazy. No, I didn't hallucinate. Mm-hmm. It really just takes me, it pulls down all that anxiety or the other kind of like those rough thoughts I have in my brain. Mm-hmm. And pulls them down is able to me it like kind of blocks them or like pulls them back and it and it helps me tap into something deeper and or um, I know this sounds really silly and like very no, philosophical, but it helps me tap into something more that actually is a building block into making me better. And one recently was I finished painting uh, my mind wonders, and I looked at it and I generally loved it. I, I like like. Which is like, you know, it's like I said, it taken me a year and a half to be like, I, I like this, mm-hmm. like everything about it. But I like on one of these micro trips and like evaluating it and seeing what the next step was, how to paint it, whatever. I realized that I wanted to add a little something here or I wanted to add a little something there. And, and I knew that it would, it wouldn't, it wouldn't like um, elevate the piece. Mm-hmm. It would make it, it might make it worse. It might not. And I realized why I was doing that was because I could only all I could envision was people looking at it and seeing it like that doesn't actually look like a face. That doesn't actually that's not how a bag line looks under an eye. That's not how an eyeball is like iris is is positioned. When when which is an insane thing to think about because it is as a sense a abstract piece. It's it's a very like artist mentality to have because the layman is not going to notice those little things. Yeah, like, I but like, and I don't want to look like a guy that is like See, this is this is where you get into like a weird headspace with the artist right. and you start comparing yourself to other people and like yeah, your own mindset. You shouldn't. Yes, I know, and I do it all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, especially like you know, my followers follow me because I only got seven hundred eighty. Yeah. But like, uh, <laughs> but like just like you know, doing stuff on and having to look at it and be like, this is okay the way it is. Right. It doesn't have to like, and, and or just saying this is what I want. Yeah, exactly. and also trying to tell myself that if I want it shaded this way. I can do it. Like, cause I, I think also there's a part of me that was like trying to prove to myself, like mm-hmm. you can make this eye better. Right. When, and, but I have to tell myself I can make this eye better, but, but do, I, but I like does it, it make, does it make sense with the rest of the piece? If the rest of the piece is hardcore abstract and I do this, is it going to take away? Is that, that's all. Cause the focal point isn't just the eye. The focal yeah. point is the whole face right. that's close up on. Hopefully it's just the face looking off and like the, you know, abstractness and like how it's like so many styles layered onto it and mm-hmm. with the wonders of your brain and like how my brain is kind of fluctuating. All that kind of stuff. So the, the whole piece itself is like a lot of concepts inside of concepts in my own brain. Mm-hmm. And this sounds insane. Me saying all this stuff out loud, but like, um, so when it exists in that realm, trying to take it to another realm it kind of almost throws it off. So like trying to evaluate myself and telling myself to stop and it's funny that that kind of came about in my own head because I had been told by someone um, on Instagram uh, that, you know, that they, they know me fairly well. We used to talk about art all the time. She told me that I do, that she likes a lot of my stuff that I post that I'm saying work in progress. Mm-hmm. She thinks that I should pull back from continuing them and like look into it. And like I kind of told her, oh, she's crazy. Shut shut the fuck up. All that kind of stuff. <laughs> and um but now, yeah, looking looking at that from that point of view, I'm like, maybe this is done. Maybe this does exist in this way. But yeah, I I, I think 
sometimes you should just finish them where you're happy and then turn them away. Mm-hmm. And then maybe in a couple of weeks, come back. And But there's always going to be that piece that like I was listening to a podcast recently of an artist and he was talking about there's always even if he gives it. So he sells it for like X amount of dollars and like it hangs on their wall. He, he will always see it as well, you're never going to be satisfied. Yeah, that's that's the, the brain of an artist. You're never going to be happy with the end result. You're always going to think of how you can do it better. But but to that person that you told it to, it's perfect. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah, and yeah, and his and they enjoyed it and all that kind of stuff. But like, you know, I got comments on what I was doing now. Yeah. Uh, but for me, it's like going forward with the idea that now that I know that mm-hmm. going forward, and it's exciting to now get to that point of like trying to be okay with the idea that this exists like this, this because it's trying to say something. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Because sure. I do have pieces that are more detailed and more layered mm-hmm. and it has a lot of anatomy into Proving it. Proving that you can do it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Proving that I can do it. And, but, and it makes sense to put those in those pieces as, the, as they are. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, going for, like, it was something that literally came on the past couple of days. So it's exciting to um, be able to go forward with paintings and be able to look at it from that perspective mm-hmm. and be like, is this done? Be like, yes or no. And not yeah. be like, maybe. So many times in the past several years have been all maybes. Yeah. But. All right. Well, awesome. This is great to hear about that stuff. Just real quick. When you were um, a youngster, where did, I mean, did, are you where you thought you would be when you were 30? Like, where did you? Oh, uh, no. When I was a kid, no. Yeah. I don't know what I well, thought let's I'd say be. when, when we. When we got married, where did you think we would be at 30? I don't know. I was just trying to pay my bills, I guess, at that point. That's but like, true. But uh, I thought I, I don't think I ever thought I'd leave Arkansas. I don't know what capacity. I didn't think I'd be in Florida. Oh, I knew we would not be in Arkansas. Yeah. Um, for me, it was like, uh, but I did have like a, it's like mid, like when I turned 25, I remember being 30. I remember thinking about 30 and being like, I remember someone telling me 25 was awful. And I remember like, being like, ah, oh, it's not that bad. And like, I remember telling myself five years, like the longest time, especially when I was writing, all I ever said I wanted to do was create. That's mm-hmm. it. It doesn't matter what it, what capacity. I just, I, I realized at like mid twenties that I, like if I look back all, all the shit or whatever, at the early stages, all I want to do is create whatever capacity it was. Like I wanted to write for graphic novels. I wanted to write for movies. Mm-hmm. I want to write for, I want to do everything, which is insane. <laughs> but like now as like a person that's like really trying to make it as a creative person, uh, I still want to do that. Like, even if like I continue working kitchens where I can be creative, that's mm-hmm. an aspect of that. Then I can also paint and sell some stuff and do some shows. And like, for instance, I might be doing something soon or two things really mm-hmm. soon. That could be really awesome yeah. that are outside of the realm of what I even considered possibilities yeah, for sure. with like music and dance. Like, I, I, I might be doing two cool projects going forward that like are like, you know, beyond what I've been in your creativity. Yeah, exactly. So, that is really like where I think that looking back, looking like if I were to go back and look forward, that's where I wanted wanted to be at this point, and that's where I'm kind of am, mm-hmm. um, being creative in any aspect I can, and like you know finding those recesses in my mind of like uh, you know putting stuff of my creativity to use and not letting it falter. But yeah, I, I think so, and I, I, I'm pretty optimistic. It might be all the microdosing, but I'm pretty. Uh, optimistic of like where I'm going and where my mindset is yeah. versus, you know, maybe where it was a few I years mean, ago. I'm your number one fan and I wholeheartedly believe in you. You're- uh, Lee Pancake told me he was my number one fan. Well, he can go suck an egg. <laughs> um, um, yeah. So, I mean, we have a couple minutes, I think. Left. Yeah. Yeah. The, I mean, you want to do a Florida recommendation? I was going to ask you if you had one. Uh, we didn't. So we had a, uh, if you listen to this podcast, I don't know if you're going to listen to the end. Uh, anybody, hopefully you'll listen all the way to the end. Mm-hmm. But Kobe Courtney's uh, episode, we re- had to re-record it. So if yeah. you hear me bring up like, oh, the second time, whatever, we had to re-record it. Um, so kind of threw it off. Kind of, But I think the interview still came out great. It's still awesome. It's, he's, his story is still so interesting. Yeah, it's and uh, hopefully I can do some stuff with him lately, you know, yeah. in the future. But like, um, so anyways, so we had to re-record that uh, at the end of his first episode. I didn't do it last episode. He talks about his recommendation. It was Save Austin's Coffee. Ah, uh, yes. So, yeah, that's what my recommendation is. Save Austin's Coffee. Go, it's a great coffee place. They have art installations. I think they mm-hmm. used to do spoken word and like yeah, other kind of stuff. Yeah, cool little um, s- small coffee shop. Off, I don't know the street name. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's off in Winter Park. 
Well, my recommendation is Deli Desires. Oh, I was going to say you can say buttermilk. <laughs> well, I was going to, I thought you were going to say Deli Desires, so I was going to go either way. But buttermilk and Deli Desires, we've eaten in the past week and they are phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, I, this is, I mean, just kind of like, I'm trying to like uh, pull off some of this pudge. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I ate Deli Desires like three days, three times in a week. Uh, so, so good. good. They're so good. Um, and buttermilk has the best pastries. Yeah, I've had in a long time. We had a, an amazing homemade Pop-Tart the other day. That was so good. The croissant was good. The croissant was amazing. Everything was great. So, yeah, those are my recs for, for now. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, going forward, we hope to, um, yeah, just, you know, like, you have any plans going forward? Do you plan on doing a part two of this? Uh, yeah, I've got a couple of things we didn't get to. We didn't so, get to? Yeah. yeah. I know, but it was, uh, I think you did a great job interviewing me. Oh, uh, that's not go there but yeah anyway. i think i talk most of the time i think you ask me one question then i just talk for the rest yeah of that's your hour. that's your mo yeah um but yeah so thank you for listening guys follow us at uh, instant friends pod and jordan over there at artist jordan c jones yes on instagram yeah just and, finish uh, a painting check it out yeah thank uh, you for listening. yeah and uh stay tuned for more awesome content <laughs>